Gonzaga Nation SI continues on. Dan Dickow alongside another Zag, Adam Morrison. Adam, thanks for joining. Um, thanks for having me. Well, we keep talking about upcoming games and previous games, and so we're going to preview this week's games. This is It's hard to keep track of the weeks because of the COVID pauses yep. of the first two weeks. So let's just say it's the LMU Portland week. Okay. That's the easiest way to put yeah, it. That's so, the easiest way. Yeah. They're, at least they're both home games for Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, one game's on CBS Sports Network. I'll actually be calling that game on Thursday. Saturday's game will be regional. You've got the two games for the call on radio. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know much about UP. I've already called Portland or Loyal Marymount this year. Mm-hmm. What's your take? What do you know about them? I know they were trending upwards last year in the COVID year. Um, you know, it was the first year from the Dunlap Dunlap years, and I think the Dunlap years were fine. I think. Uh, what I saw from the team last year was they were trending more to a joyful basketball experience. If that makes sense, you can just tell they were, yeah, it actually, it does seeing, remembering how they played under Dunlap, how they played. And so what I've understood to be this year is they had those same beliefs and same, um, you know, excitement for the season and just kind of hasn't panned out. They're nine and seven, I think two and two in league. Eli Scott's a fantastic player, been there forever, face up big. Um, but I think they just haven't put it together. But they play a much more up tempo style than they have in years past. And that's uh, obviously better to call. It's better for us to play because yeah. that matches us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's they're, they've been, they were uh, picked to finish fourth. Okay, and Tom Hudson said this on the radio. It's easy to be picked, finished eighth, and then finish fourth. Mm-hmm. Now you're picked to finish fourth, and you're having a bad season. So I think that's what they're trying to figure out is, okay, last year you looked pretty good. You have good players. You get Eli Scott back another season because of the COVID deal, like your best player and all-league player, tough matchup for anybody. Can you back it up? And they really haven't this year. It's not me trying to hammer them, but it's yeah. just look at their record. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what type of team um, we see. They've always been super physical. I know that game always made Fuey nervous, especially down in LMU. Yeah, he they was were a, always physical. Always they physical. Had the, the, they had the seven-foot the, the, three Sweden guy. The like literally guy, elbows. Yeah, nobody could go through the paint without getting clocked. Yeah, I mean, and it was, it was one of those games where – um, you know, and you coach youth basketball and you, sometimes you, you get to hammer in a teams. You're like, Hey, go off two even on fast yes. breaks, right? Go off. And it was that type of game. Like you get in the paint, you're going off two. Um, so yeah, they've, uh, like I said, they've were picked to finish fourth and just quite haven't put it together yet this year. So you talk about Eli Scott and yeah, he's fifth year senior, got that extra year of COVID. Mm-hmm. He does so many things, uh, for that team. He's got an interesting backstory in the, that he basically grew up with the Ball family. Yeah. And they played at Chino Hills High yeah. School. And if you know anything about that high school program, they were scoring like 110 points a game yeah. in high school. It's crazy. How many points did your Mead high school teams score? We were probably in the mid to upper 70s, I imagine. For high schools, a ton. And there was no shot clock back then. Yeah. Okay, so that, that part was, you know, the hardest part for us was always we had to press even though we didn't, we were good at it, but we probably didn't have like the athletes. So like, if you just walked in and you're like, well, why are you guys a pressing team? Well, people are going to hold it. Um, but yeah, like 110 is crazy. Uh, yeah. Eli's a good player, man. He's a face up big. He's a little bit undersized, probably six, five decent around the rim as far as up fakes and jump hooks and stuff like that can shoot it. 
not a great passer. That's always the, been the, the thing with him is once he gets his head down and moving, if you can come and help, he's not making the right decisions. Maybe he's gotten better this year, but that was kind of how we guarded him, kind of dared him. Go ahead and drive it, and yeah. there's going to be a rake. Because right he's a willing middle. passer, but it's not always on target, well, which is a big thing. Uh, I disagree with the willing really? part. Okay, yeah, there's been some games. <laughs> well, where, he's had one triple double in his career, I guess. But, okay, yeah, but it was you know like against us, he's trying to get his. True, is what I've seen, and so, um, like I said, though he's a matchup problem, and he's been an all league guy, I think, three times. Yeah. So, like, I'm not sitting here saying he's not a good basketball. No, 100. percent It's just. When you play him, you kind of know what you're going to get. He's going to score in the 18 to 22s. Try not to let him get the 30, obviously. He's going to put foul pressure on the drive, guard him with a step back, you know, uh, a step back off of him, make him shoot a jumper with a contest. When he drives, overload and help, make him, you know, yeah. go ahead and make that extra pass. And you can tell sometimes it's like, I don't want to make this pass. Here you go. You know what I mean? And Or um, sometimes sometimes guys want to make the pass, but they want to make it late. They want to hold on to it. As late as possible. Yeah. Do I still have a scoring uh, yeah. opportunity? Or they only throw it if it's a assist, assist, if it's going to be an assist. You had a teammate like that. Yeah. I, I don't know if you want me to share the name who no, I know. Okay. That's fine. But I coached him for one year. If yeah. you do the math, you can figure it out. I was mind boggling. Yeah. It's like, you're only going to pass it if it leads to an assist. assist. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Well, they also have a second-year coach in Stan Johnson, who I, I think is a really good coach. I mean, he was at Marquette with Woe Jahowski for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, takes over a tough LMU situation last year. Like you said, they were predicted eighth, got fourth. Um, they've had injuries this year. What's the hardest thing you do you, in your eyes for a new coach in the WCC? Uh, to be honest, I think it's – how much the university wants to allow players to get in academically. I mean, that's, I think that's USD's biggest issue. I think uh, that's why Gonzaga has uh, made this jump in the last 20 years. It's not like we're letting prop eight kids in. And I'm saying that nicely. This is the only way to describe it. But like some of these universities don't let like a kid that's still a smart kid, probably like a 3.2, but he can't score in the SAT. He ain't getting into some Mm -hmm. of these universities. So then it's like, doesn't mean he's like a, a bad kid or has issues or like flunked high school. Like he's still a smart kid. I was a three, three student, I believe, and scored barely made the deal for the SAT. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like Gonzaga got me in, but some of these other universities in the WCC won't. So I think that's the hardest part. That's just maybe me. Um, on the outside perspective, but that's what I've heard from um, other people at other universities in West Coast Conference that says like, well, you guys, you know, are a little bit more lax. Doesn't, you know, like I said, it's not like we're letting in anybody. It's not a a JUCO, but it's also like, hey, if they're good kids and smart and they still make the acquirement for the SAT, like uh, why can't they have an opportunity to go to one of these universities? Well, a big part of what I've heard about that is like the kids that Gonzaga maybe has – I don't want to say made an exception to. Yeah. They've followed through and gotten their degree. I, so there's been Exactly. No, that's like, what I'm saying. Somebody, like sometimes you have to like yeah. sometimes people need an opportunity. Yeah. And they and if you have a gut feeling or understand where their background is, they're gonna show you that you were right. In a couple of the it's other like, schools I've heard, they had a couple early instances where they made it, an exception and it didn't and work then out. It didn't work out. And sense. so the school no longer says we're going to help you with it. And okay. so it's put tough coaches in tough positions. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that to me, that's the hardest thing um, because you, you know, you look at some of these universities, especially, you know, pep pep down in Malibu. And then obviously USD San Diego. I mean, it's 
I mean, it's the most beautiful campus I think on, um, you know, in the, in the conference. And then you go with LMU, you're like, okay, how can you guys not get like the fourth best wing in California and the third best point guard or whatever? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like good players and be like, Hey, you can play at home, man. And, and be a feature instead of, you know, try to make play at uh, USC or U- UCLA and, and probably get beat out mm-hmm. by a guy that's going to be in the NBA in two years. And you might make it, but it might take you four, yeah. whatever. Um, but I think some of it's academic issues. I may be wrong. Like, uh, I, that's what I've heard, sure. but you know, don't kill me if you're like an LMU <laughs> fan or something or an administrator, but also it's like, Hey, if you want this, the, your program to excel, you're going to have to, uh, you know, allow some of these kids an opportunity to earn a degree and prove you right, prove you right that somebody just needs an opportunity. Yeah. That's not a bad kid. That's not a bad student, but maybe he just doesn't test well mm-hmm. or is, you know, uh, 20 points below the grade. Like, okay, let's, let's look the other way here. Yeah. Um, but here's another thing, Dan, and I, I will get your thoughts on this. Like, do you think some of these schools, I mean, what's the average uh, cost of admission at a, a, a WCC? Probably, let's just round it, 45 a year? I know it's a lot. Okay. I wouldn't have been able to go to one of those it's schools either when I was growing up. Same with my family. So, like, do these universities, it's not, and this is not a knock, but, like, do they care if they're good at sports? The revenue is still there. That's another thing. No, that, that, that's a very <laughs> like, real question because. Who cares? I mean, a lot of people know Gonzaga what they are now but yeah. you know we know we know a little bit or enough about what Gonzaga was in the 90s where yeah. before this basketball program really went on some huge runs it was kind of questionable if the school was, was going to keep, keep going yeah keep and and keep the program going or just be like hey let's just they almost moved to division three yeah let's go play Whitworth yeah. and Whitworth is, is the same demographic and and it's a great it's great basketball school um, I used to go to the games all the time, but it's like, let's just be division three. Who cares? You know what I mean? And just <laughs> yeah. take a bus and go play in the tri cities and LC state or whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? And then you're done. That's it. And so like, that's what I think is, is some of the hardest parts going back to the original question. How, what's the biggest difficulty of a new coach in the WCC? I think recruiting for the academic side of it. And then like, the want to of the administrations yeah. doesn't mean they just throw them to the wolves, but also it's like, got to support them. You got to support them. And, and it's got to be one of those things where you, you garner excitement, but also like if you're in LA, <laughs> you're fighting an uphill fight for entertainment value. Right. I mean, like if you're in LA, there's what 10 pro sports teams and a, a million colleges within 30 miles. Like, and there's you, so many, you know, you played for the Lakers. I was with the Clippers for a year. There's so many things to, to do. do. That's what I'm saying. So like, <laughs> even if the LMU was really good or pep, you still going to like fight hour and a half traffic to go yeah. to a game. Like you got to be a special type of person to be like, yeah, I want to go watch college basketball game. Speaking so, of LA, where'd you live when you were down there? I was El Segundo. I was right in the, uh, jungle right there was nice that's a great area I, awesome. I rented a house in manhattan beach it yeah was it was awesome three minutes from the practice facility yep. five minutes from the beach it was amazing yeah i was uh i was just down the road from practice facilities i was by like 12 minute drive and then i was just right from lax so like people would call me like don't even call me like until you're on the baggage claim because i will be there by the time yeah. like you like sit down and catch your breath like i'll pull in it was awesome yeah it was great 
But yeah, I didn't think I would like living in LA, but I I loved it. But I only I only stayed in that pocket though. Yes, that's the that's, that's the, the part. That's the kickers. Like yeah. you you guys Sepulveda tell people. and yep. uh, what was that other street? Rosecrans. Yep, Rosecrans, yeah. and then Imperial Highway. Yeah. But like I always tell people, I'm like yeah, it was great. But like I didn't leave that area once I got home from practice. Like you're not going across town to Hollywood to go have like lunch. You can't no. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Take forever if you go. Takes there. forever. So I loved it too. But yeah, just. You know, uh, these programs are not terrible. We're not saying that, but I think it's a it's a it's an uphill climb that I think some of these universities don't want to attempt to do. Or here's the way I look at it too: they've been browbeat for 15 years. Let's go 15 years by yeah. Gonzaga. So some of them are just like, all right, we play Gonzaga tonight. Good job. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, when we played, it was a little bit more like, ah, come on. Yeah, I mean, beat I them. think a lot of, I mean, I think the league is great right now it's at the, the top. It's the and best I, it's been at the top for yes. ever. But I think, I think even because we were good, but we weren't dominant in the way these teams are. Mm-hmm. So you still had the teams in sixth, seventh, eighth place. Like, hey, if we have a night, yeah. we, we got a shot. Well, we never blew anybody out. And your teams are probably the same. Like, occasional we by 15. Blowout. Yeah. But like, you know, we were always on the floor at the end of the game and had to make free throws. Like now, like Drew Timmy, Andrew Nemhard, like sometimes play like 21 minutes. I mean, if I was, this is my I last stats. Yeah, no, if it was my last few years, I'd be like, hey guys, I wouldn't say this, but it'd be a thought, be like, well, we let them go on an 8 0 run so it gets down to 22. So Fuey's still nervous and we can just play the last five minutes. Do you ever miss a free throw on purpose to stand? Of course. Everybody has. <laughs> Haven't you done that? Yeah. In your career, yeah, especially <laughs> yeah. like high school too. Like yes. I'm not coming out. No. Miss the and second of the one, uh, second second part, and, and then you see someone come to the bench, uh, scores table. You squeeze yeah. off another quick shot. Yeah, and you go, yeah, exactly. Like they go shooter, and you're like, oh, brick. <laughs> and then yeah, you're gonna go get one, get another one up, and yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, but like we, like I was saying, like our teams, we always were up like twelve, so we had to be in the game. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna win, but like. All right, Mo and Ravio, you got to make free throws. Like, oh darn! Like more points. <laughs> yeah, like you have sixteen, and then you get to twenty-two, and you you didn't play great. But it's like, oh man, nice nice game tonight. You had twenty-two on, yeah, you know, fifteen field goal attempts, and it, it was like six for fifteen, or you know what I mean. You didn't oh, play yeah. good, but then you're like, oh okay, it looks a lot better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it does. I bet, that's one thing. My son's you know fifteen. He's start trying to explain to him and share a little bit more like the nuances of the, the score. game. Like, yeah. hey. And you get this, like, it's not that hard to average. (laughs) Someone's going to be like, oh, these guys, if you get to the free throw line once a half, Mm -hmm. you hit, get one layup a half, Mm -hmm. you get one, three, a half. What's that? You're at 14 points already. Yeah. Yeah. Then just get hot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's really not that complicated. Now I'm sure somebody's going to be like, oh, Dan and Adam are like, oh, it's easy. It's yeah. Like I always tell when I coach my daughter's team, I'm like, it's not always just making like jumpers. Like yeah. you have to like sprint and get layups, mm-hmm. like push somebody in the back a little bit and get an offensive rebound. You know what I mean? Like things yeah. like that. And then like, if it, you're in the bonus, like learn how to cut and throw your hands underneath. Like if a girl's denying you just mm-hmm. throw your hands underneath, Oh, the beep, you know yeah. what I mean? Like then he gets the free throw line. So yeah, it's uh, scoring the basketball in that terms is not as difficult. And there's other, you know, scores in the history. I've talked about the same thing. Like, you know, it's like I just didn't just go out there and hit tough contested jumpers. Like I would sprint and get a layup, mm-hmm. and then I would make sure I get to the foul line. And then, like I said, like having a nose for a ball is a skill. Like 
okay, I see two guys going for it. It's probably going to get tipped to here. Ooh, I got two layups, <laughs> yes. you know, like, and then your stat line goes up. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it's interesting how, you know, if you've scored the basketball and I'm sure like quarterbacks and like pitchers like that too, where mm-hmm. there's a, a way like, you know, guys are like, I can get through eight innings in high school, like no problem. And I'm like, man, I, I pitched when I was in yeah first grade and I could barely throw it after like two innings. Like, you know what I mean? So like, there's a way to, uh, uh, to manage games, I guess you're saying as, as, as a scorer or as like a quarterback or as a pitcher, um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting to yeah dive into that. Yeah, I mean, and that's it to me. That's fascinating watching some of those little things during the game, as I'm sure it is for you. But going back to the WCC, moving on to the second opponent this mm-hmm. week in University of Portland, that, that is a program that was how do I put this as bad <laughs> the last yeah. two years as, as any team in the WCC since I can remember. Well, they I mean, they were off the, they, we didn't have to go to their place. It, you yeah, know, that's that's part of the rules. Yeah, so Shante Leggins, first year coach, has taken that over. Yeah, I mean he was at Eastern, where Eastern Washington was a, a good Big Sky team, but they were having some financial difficulties. Mm-hmm. Where they're talking about moving down to Division Three. Yeah, I mean, what are you seeing, or what were what's your thought process on University of Portland? Well, I mean, it, it's obviously a, a basketball hungry town. Obviously the Blazers are there and you spend time there and I did too. And like, they, they have one of the best fan bases yeah. in, the, in the, in the NBA win or lose. They've always had it. Um, so like there is a, it's a basketball culture down there. Um, so I think there is enough support talking about what we just did earlier mm-hmm. that they want that program to at least be viable, viable, like finishing fourth, third sometimes. Um, cause they were decent when I was there as well. And that was always a fun game just cause a lot of the, Zag fans come down. It's easy drive. Um, you know, and I don't blame Shantae for leaving Eastern going into down that rabbit hole. If you're getting to the NCAA tournament and top of the big sky year in and year out, like playing for a spot. And then they're talking about like literally axing sports in general. Yeah. You got to move. And I think it's a, it's a good opportunity for him to kind of bring back. Like I said, you don't have to win the West coast conference, but you just get back to being viable and and being good because there is a, a lot of talent in that area as you know you're from that area um you know so that the recruiting aspect is uh, i think a little bit easier in the sense of for a smaller school that you know a similar demographic of school but like the area geogra- uh, the geography that they're at or whatever however you want to describe it is easier so i think they have a better chance to become viable sooner if that makes sense and yeah, Shante no, is a good coach yeah no I think he's a really good coach he spaces the floor a lot of pick and roll actions yeah. shoots a lot of threes last question on both of these two teams before we go to a, a listener question most difficult matchup for both LMU and Portland individually for you and this is funny because I don't remember a single player at LMU when I played against them <laughs> And for the University of Portland, it would have been Casey Franson, who was also a, a, a Northwest guy, was yeah. a big time shooter. Um, but I can't remember a single player on LMU. So you're telling me, like, for Gonzaga's team now? No, for when, when you, you played, played when you played at LMU, who was the toughest opponent on that roster for both LMU and then UP? Because I can't remember anybody. At Portland LMU. was the little Jeremiah Dominguez. Oh, you played against Jeremiah? Yeah, he was at he was there before he went to Portland State. He was a good player. Yeah. 
he was tough too and he was kind of you know he talked trash i, oh, I, I like playing against him he's cool he, he was uh he was like a middle school kid in salem he used to always come to my high school game so yeah. i've known little jeremiah since he was yeah like he was 12 years yeah, old yeah he, he was a bulldog he yeah. would not back down from exactly anybody. like i liked playing against him he was it's just fun to play against I, I i'm not kidding i don't remember anybody off lmu no clue <laughs> neither one of us can i have no idea like, and that's not trying to like make it funny of their show. Like I'm no. trying to think I have no clue. Yeah. That's exactly why I brought <laughs> that up because I couldn't remember. No idea. So yeah, Jeremiah Dominguez is all I can give you for uh UP. Um, and we had good games against them too. Um, I had a good game against them at home one time, but yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. That's I'm drawing a blank. I feel bad too. Cause no, I feel, I felt awful. Actually. Okay. They're big miss. And his name's drawn blank. They're big, missed a wide open layup when we played the tournament. The only time it's been played at Gonzaga. And if you really think about it, it, it really screwed up the arc for that program. Okay. So it's my junior year. We play the West Coast Conference tournament. Remember, Coach Few used to hate. We'd be the number one seed. Never got to play. We always got to play in Santa Clara. Like yeah. he, was, he was right. Like yeah. we always go to San Diego. Like how come? What's the point of winning the league? So they finally like okay. They they bend them. We play the conference tournament, and obviously we're heavily favored. We beat San Diego in the semis, and we play LMU that we beat obviously all year long. And it gets down to last possession. I think we're up one, and they run like a, a triangle action screen the screener, and we don't switch. Like it's bad. <laughs> Dude gets a wide open layup and smokes it, and then somebody Earl comes over and tips it away from him to put it back in, and you know, and then yeah. we win. That's the only player I remember. But the point is, like, if they make that, just think of the arc. You go to the NCAA tournament, you beat Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Recruiting is totally – I mean, it all comes down to, like, a simple yes. layup. Wow. It's crazy if you really think about it. Because a, a program like LMU, if they go to the NCAA tournament, then legitimately – Changes their fortunes. Has a chance after that. But then it's like, oh, nope. And then they, they literally after them. And, mm. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's because I don't remember that because that was in the heat of in the midst of of my career. So I yeah. don't remember. I don't. That like, yeah, that's the thing is like some people reference some Gonzaga games like we've played them before, and I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like I don't. I've never watched. You know what I mean? Like, we had one. Let's, so I called the game on CBS last week uh, with Rich Waltz, mm-hmm. and Rajir Bolton's as fast a player as I can remember. He's fast. Him and Woolridge are yeah. the two. So I said, I made a comment, something along the lines of Rajir Bolton is one of the fastest eggs that I can remember. And I said, Woolridge was up there. And I said, Quentin Hall. Mm-hmm. Greg Heister in the middle of the game. Oh, you don't know as, as much about some of the guys because you were playing. No one was faster than Dimitri Goodson. I'm like, that was in the era when I was, was playing, playing yeah. so I like saw him on occasion. Yeah, but no, that's a good point. Yeah. Dimitri was he played in, in the NFL, which is wild. That's another yeah. story that I'd like to have him on eventually. Just like, just that tell me awesome. about your playing days here. It wasn't like sour, but like then you go to like Baylor and you play, and then you make it to the NFL. Like that's insane. That is, it really is. Like, if you had another sport, like to. Was there another sport you might no, have been talented? No, I was terrible at everything. <laughs> I was terrible at football. I sucked at baseball. I batted ninth, played right field at baseball. I had a coach that used to give me the take sign all the time, bunt. I was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> I hated baseball. I, had a, I was on the best team in the city. Like, yeah. We were good. Yeah. And I was batted ninth, played right field. And I used to always just be like, I can't wait to play basketball against these kids. Like even my own yeah. teammates, like I'm going to kill these kids. You know, That's awesome. 
hated it. Yeah, how about you? I, I sucked at everything else. I I was a really good baseball player. Yeah. I stopped playing baseball when it was 12 years old, uh, All-Stars. Yeah. And uh, I was going to miss two practices because I was at a basketball camp. And, I, and as a 12-year-old, like, to go up to a coach and say, hey, coach, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm going to miss. Like, I was nervous as all heck. But I knew I'd rather be at basketball camp. And the coach, I remember this clearly to this day, he goes, well, I don't think you're going to play a lot then. And that was the end of my baseball career. That's crazy. And I was I would have loved to have played in high school. Were you scared of the ball? I was. Uh, I got beamed. That's the reason I sucked. As soon as curveball started, I got hit. I was like, I would jump out of the batter's yeah, box. Yeah. But uh, I was good up, you know, up until twelve. I mean, yeah. whatever that means. I I never played football because I was small. Soccer, I, played, I was good. But then it just, I, I know it's the world game. Although yeah. basketball, I think, is overtaking it or will yeah. at some point. But I just never liked running to run. So yeah, you know, I didn't like one Oh games. Yeah. My football, I played one year in eighth grade. I was starting safety and then a backup quarterback. And my only throw of my career is true story was it was right fullback. It was right at fullback 15 dive. And I went to the left panicked, threw it up in the air, pick six touchdown for the <laughs> other team. And we, and it was the last game of the season <laughs> and we had a shutout. No joke. Yeah. Only throw of my career pick six. <laughs> and I turned the wrong way. I was supposed to eat it and fall down. Done playing football after that. I sucked at everything else. Right. Well, you tried to make the most of your one effort. To, to throw I was supposed to hand it off. I know, but you tried to make the most. By I know. It. It, like I, it was that was the only time I got the opportunity to throw the ball back of quarterback eighth grade. I still like I've still have buddies that you know play or still keep in contact. It, I get reminded of that every once in a while. Uh, I know we're. Diving off topic, but a great story I have for that is mm-hmm. my brother-in-law. He played football as a freshman. Only time he ever played football. He didn't get in the entire season until the last series as a wide receiver, and they took a knee on three straight plays. That's bad. <laughs> that's bad. That's really bad. How do you not play as a, like a freshman? That's, that's crazy. And that was the thing that I used to always that's tell like, like my in-law parents, you know, and his his parents is like. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like like their freshman year, they don't even give every kid a chance to play. Yeah. Like they were, th- that high school coach was that focused on winning as a freshman program. It was yeah. like, that's, ri- that's ridiculous. Yeah. Everybody should play as a freshman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're on the freshman team, you're going to yeah. play. But I give them a, I, I still give them a hard time about like it knee. to this day. You're going to go, yeah. yeah. Okay. Knee. Yeah. Sweet. Victory formation. Let's go. Yeah. Well, last question coming from a reader and they say, Hey, I know both you guys are golfers. It's the dog days of winter. It's January. Um, you got to be looking forward to at some point getting out on the golf course. What's your favorite course in the Spokane area? Wanamere golf course up North. It's a good track. Yeah. It's a great track. Bob Ross. Uh, yeah. This is one of my favorites. We've got a best skins game in town. Rabbit. Really? Best I mean, skins the, game. Yeah. It's the biggest, biggest men's club. I think one of the, in the state, I think. Yeah. Nice. It's yeah, a lot of gambling I, out there. Well, might have to get out there at some fun. point this summer. I know you and I, we played together on a number of occasions, but I like Kalispell. I happen to be a member there, but yeah. I do like Wandermere, that's for sure. So. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the other course up north, and it's for us, you know, non-country club members. Oh, is that where yeah. you're going with that? Yeah, exactly. It's for right. us uh, lower-class citizens. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll get out there at both courses at some point this next upcoming summer. I know we've been saying that, but we both get busy. Yeah, I suck at golf too, but no, you don't. I, I was you a, hit the hell out of the ball. I hit it good, but yeah, I didn't play very much in the last two, three years. 
Yeah. So yeah, I'm not very good, but well, maybe we need to raffle off a uh, listener going and playing around a golf with us. If he likes to drink or she likes to drink, then they can come. If they don't, then we don't want them. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I'm going to get my swing loosened up for this summer and maybe that skins game at Wandermere. But for Gonzaga Nation SI, he's Adam Morrison. I'm Dan Dickow.